So one of the common images that's used is a path, of walking a spiritual path, going somewhere, from somewhere to somewhere, is an image that's used, so normal that we take it as a reality. <laughs> what do you expect of a path? I guess uh, you know, if we can go back to the time of the Buddha, the path through the forest. And the Buddha said, I've found this ancient path uh, trod by the rightly awakened ones of old. And walking along this path, I've come to see the origin of birth, ageing and death. And I've come to see the ceasing of birth, ageing and death along this path. And what kind of path? Yeah, now you can imagine uh, rather winding through the forest. These are forest dwellers. No uh, asphalt, no tarred surface, no signs, no lines on the road. Probably uneven, winding, uh, overgrown in places, tangled. You've got to find your way, yeah forest through the forest and so this mode of awareness you know can you imagine you're in a forest there's no electric light there's no map there's no signs hmm. uh, right and you want to get through this forest what kind of mind state would you be in if you didn't panic <laughs> well you wouldn't be thinking about if you really want to do it, you wouldn't be thinking about somebody insulted you yesterday. You'd forget that. You wouldn't be thinking about the meal you might have when you get there. You wouldn't think that's irrelevant. This is Yoni Somri Sakara. Just skim away what's really not necessary. Get to the point, right? Get back to the point. Here we are. We don't know. Yeah. What we can rely on then? We can rely on some quality that's going to be assessing sight, sound, touch, thought, but probably mostly assessing sight, sound, touch, hearing. Right? It's not going to be in any of them. It's going to cover all of them. There's going to be a listening sense. Because if you focus too much on the visual sense, you might not hear the sound of the tiger coming behind you. Focus too much on the auditory sense, you might not see the snake beneath your feet. Focus too much on the olfactory sense of smell. You might be intoxicated with a fragrance of a flower, but walk into an elephant. <laughs> so you don't focus on any of them in particular, and yet you're alert to all of them, looking for the particular signs of danger or clarity or something like that. So in Buddhist language, what's occurring is manal, is scanning the sense fields, not absorbed in any of them, but open to all of them. And what's happening, what's happening, what's happening? And relaying that to citta. And citta saying, feels, it feels kind of unusual, it feels uncertain, let's be careful here. Oh, that feels about right, it's sensing, it's sensing, we're moving along. The person is not focused on any one thing in particular apart from 
citta. Citta is saying, go slowly. Citta is saying, uh, my body feels rather weak at the moment, let's sit down. But Chitta is saying, my heart rate is pumping, I should calm myself. Chitta is saying, you know, I feel clear and strong. It's relaying the body and the environment. Maybe this is what we have a mind for. <laughs> to, since we don't have horns, you know, to keep us safe, to keep relaying what's going on and what's happening in this body. The meeting place of the external and the internal, right? That's Jitta's job in the conditioned realm. Because any of the sense bases, if you go into them, you miss the other ones. So we have to be very open. Feeling, feeling our way, sensing our way, reading chitta, and very important that chitta remains calm. If it's too turbulent, it will miss, it won't pick up the subtle messages. So chitta is very calm, steady, smooth, open. That's how you meditate. So the Buddha is saying to his disciples, okay, you're in the jungle now. Find a tree. Get a tree behind you, you feel safe. You've got a canopy over your head. And just get that that quality of sensitivity to open up, sensing the space around you, sensing your body, settling in, sensing what's going on. And with that don't go into any detail. Go into the whole picture and just pick up whatever detail seems relevant in terms of joyfulness, fear, uh, anxiety, uh, sleepiness. Be on guard against those. Be on guard against daydreaming, wandering off, regurgitating old problems be on guard against that because it's going to distract you from something very important to stay open and tuned in. Do this, because here are roots of trees, here are lonely places. Chayati, bhikkhuwe, meditate, bhikkhus. And so, you know, now, so there's, there's your image. You're attentive, quiet, but you're not suppressing anything. You're not rigid. You're not pointing at anything in particular, but listening, sensing deeply the fluctuations of chitta reading it through how it's affecting your body and how your body's affecting it. Jhana. Uh, this is jhana process. This is initiation into it. When it gets steady and calm and really, you know, uh, the jitta has calmed and steady and feels comfortable, 
then we might say we're approaching what's called first jhana. Mm-hmm. Now this ability to sense and feel, mm-hmm. notice how um, very often in meditation circles there's a lot of emphasis on seeing, witnessing, seeing things, being an observer. This is a metaphor obviously, we take it literally, but notice what the visual consciousness does when you see something and you really want to see it, your focus narrows, sharpens to a point. And what you see stands out. Right? If you open your eyes, if you've got a visual field, a wide visual field, you only really see the 5% in the middle of that. So most of your visual field is about eliminating forming attention. So manas, when it goes through the the visual field, obviously the eyes can see light and shapes, but manas forms a focus. So that particular set of shapes and forms, oh, that's a tree, or that's Suzanne, or that's, yeah, it sharpens. And it takes that particular object out of the background rest of the background fuzzes out. We don't, know, we don't really notice it. That's what manas does with the visual consciousness. We come to the tactile consciousness. It's rather different. Because we're measuring the qualities of a whole range of qualities. Pressure, warmth, sharpness, smoothness firmness. So there's there's a lot more subtle activity in the tactile experience. You touch, push your finger on something, you'll feel for a start how heavily you're pressing it, and you'll feel the smoothness or the warmth or the sharpness of what you're touching, whether it's pulsing or not. And pretty soon you'll say, oh, that's, that's metal. Oh no, that's that's fur. No, it's not fur, it's poly, poly, polyester. You can detect the differences between fake fur and real fur, between glass and plastic. They look the same, glass and plastic, but you touch them, no, that slightly warmer, that's plastic. You don't think it, your, your sense contact is that sensitive. Could we use this? Uh, and why not? And when we see indications like the, one touches the deathless in one's own body, one touches these uh, jhanas in your own body, I mean, right? Is, what does that mean? What does that say to you? So the process of, of steadying, calming, is that the, the uh, uh, metaphors are about touch, um, smoothing, steadying, steadying. You don't steady something with your eyes, you steady something by putting your hand on it, right? Calming it. And you notice also the sense of touch is empathic, empathetic, right? Visual consciousness, you see something, it doesn't see you necessarily, it's somewhere out there. You see something on a screen that's somewhere out there. 
you touch something, immediately you're affected. You're immediately you're in some kind of relationship with what you're touching. So that moderates how hard you touch something. If it's painful, if you sense the thing you're touching is in pain, you probably touch it more delicately. If it's attractive, you want to grab it. If you find it un, you know, uncomfortable, you're going to touch it lightly and be tentative. So your, sense, your touch contact is extremely sensitive and responsive to what you're touching. Wouldn't it be good to meditate like that? And what is the medium, the language of touch? It's feeling. And the feeling, heart, chitta recognizes feeling. Feeling and perception are the chitta conditioners, the chitta sankara, the chitta formations. They formulate the chitta. They yeah, give it a message, perception and feeling. It doesn't know thought. It doesn't understand thought. That's not its, it's language. Is, is perception and feeling, how I'm moved, how I'm touched, and its response is volition. In some intention, that feels good. I go towards it. Yeah, that feels uncomfortable. I, I touch it tentatively. That's very uh, difficult. I'll keep handling it carefully. That's tight. I'll start gently massaging it. That's really shapeless. I'll start firming it up. And so these are the kind of things you probably do with your hands. Why don't you meditate like that? There's so much intelligence in that. Because at the place of touch, you're getting immediate feedback. Unmediated, uncensored, not gone through some approval system, not gone through what you think about it or what you judge it at, you're getting immediate, immediate feedback. That feels calm, that feels rough, that feels hurt, that feels agitated, that feels very tense tight immediate feedback and because the feedback is immediate and the touch is immediate you get unforced quality something empathetic as I touch that which is rough and painful the jitter feels the quality of that roughness yeah and it can either run away I don't want that or it could experience Empathy. Oh, well, that's that's tough. That roughness is uh, feels difficult. Why don't I mm, be quiet and gentle towards that rather than get angry about it? <laughs> and so the, the touch basis and the touch metaphor by itself will always bring in qualities of metta, karuna, careful mediation rather than judgment, analysis, assessment, 
and the kind of responses that we may have learned, acquired. Most, not very many years after birth, where we are just touching things and getting hurt and falling over and fumbling around and getting it together, <laughs> playing around and throwing mud over ourselves and rolling, rolling around, all those nice things that kids can do. <laughs> We've become serious. And then we've got to get to work. <laughs> get to work means forget the feeling, get the target. Forget the mood, get there on time. <laughs> yeah. Push aside the sensitivity, bus push through the crowd. Yeah. There's 20 of you trying to get on the bus, just kind of elbow through and squeeze in there. Don't contact anybody. <laughs> get in the train and get to your iPhone out or your newspaper and the people around you, yeah, yeah, yeah. but stay locked in, yeah. Because you know, getting out is going to be too confusing, or you'll miss the point, which is to get to work on time and get the business done and get it over with and get on to the next thing. That's the business model, right? And we get conditioned into this. And the model is basically feeling is a distraction, emotions are embarrassing. A waste of time. <laughs> Responding takes you away from the real project. Spending time actually responding to things is much too time-wasting when you should be producing things. And the aim is always straight ahead to the target. And so the mind then gets shaped in this narrow, sharp shape. So then, very good, you're really working hard, very good. You get, so that's the way to do it, that's really good, she's really quick, she's great, she's so, so hard and so sharp, you know, doesn't let a feeling get in her way at all, what a great worker she is, or he is, you know, of course I'm exaggerating, but this kind of message coming in, and so then, no, no, no. okay, now meditate, right, this is important, let's get serious, you've got to develop this, that, and that, and the other, you've got to get to this stage, then that stage, the 16 stages you've got to get through, okay, right, and you do the business model again. <laughs> get intense. Get tightened up. Aim for the goal. There's the goal of Nibbana somewhere out there. Okay, let's get there. There's a goal called Jhana. Let's get there. And you do the same tightening up procedure. Yeah. And we're imagining we're, we're going down a super highway in a, in, a, in a vehicle. And you just put your foot on the gas. But you're not. You're walking along a forest path where you've got to be alert to right now and think, well, if you do this right, eventually you get to the village. But you thinking about getting to the village, being in a hurry getting to the village is not going to get you there any better. It might cause an accident. Just trust the path, move at your own rate, and this is the way you do it. Path's only a metaphor after all. But this goal orientation has to be understood as having some value. There is a further, but we do that with, open to that with faith. There will be a further, but the practice is open right now, sense right now. Use your chitta 
to lead you. Don't lead just with your programmed thinking mind and attitudes. Now the word English word feeling can be used in a variety of ways. You have the ability to feel, we call that sensitivity or sensing, I can sense something. There's the quality of pleasure or pain that arises, agreeable and disagreeable. That's also, we use the word feeling. And then there's the experience of um, perception, which is, this feels funny to me. This feels really strange. This feels friendly. This feels hostile. That's called perception. And then there's the um, emotion comes up, which is the cascade of, I feel really angry. I feel really excited. So because of this, you know, you're covering three or four different bases in in the Buddhist analysis. Yeah. And so the, the end base, that is the end product of the volitional rush of strong emotion, we just let's keep that one calmed, steadied. Let's go back to just sensing things more clearly, quietly. No pressure. And and then as we get the feels uncomfortable, feels difficult, then if we're using that experience of direct contacting the meaning, the perception and the beginning of the stirring of emotion, we're right there with it, saying, okay, that feels difficult, let's just go slowly. That feels intense, Uh, let's just calm. That feels sluggish, let's brighten up a bit. So you're responding with sensitivity rather than producing a kind of a, an emotional outflow. And how would you, how would you calm? Uh, you get the, the sur- feeling is a surge, isn't it? When you feel when there's a, a quality of pleasure or pain, it, it runs through your heart. It runs through you, correct? energy runs through you, you feel pleasure, it runs through you. And the uh, if you tighten up around it, you're attached to it, you cling around it, pleasure or pain, it becomes more intense and then you get the emotion. comes out of that. The emotion arises around constricting feeling. Clinging, you know, it's sort of a tightening around it. Uh, maybe not sometimes extremely, sometimes not much. That produces this quality and emotional surge, which can go very high velocity if you've really got a, if it's really gripping. There's a lot of gripping in it. Alternative, feel the feeling of pleasure or displeasure, and instead of open, widen, soften. Then the feeling diffuses and discharges. So widen, open, soften. Now if we're cultivating in meditation, maybe touching into that, then whatever is felt through mind, body, you know, Basically, there are only two fundamental bases of feeling, mind and body, jitter and body. 
can we be open to that? Receive that, let it diffuse and discharge. That's what it does. So our fundamental base to support that process is the wide open body. Wide open body and the jitta is spread over the body, entire body, not on any detail, but on the whole thing. This is the forest that we're walking through. This is the landscape, the landscape of the body. This contains all the karmic stuff that you need to move through. This is your forest, this this very body. And this is the beginning of the world. So we sense whatever moves in that. We stay with the whole body, allowing it to move. If it's pleasant, it diffuses, and there's a consolidating, harmonious feeling. If it's unpleasant, it diffuses and discharges, and there's a release. So this is the meditation on feeling, all all senses of it. The ability to be sensitive, which means open, no particular program in mind, Uh, the quality of agreeable or disagreeable that arises in terms of sensations, Uh, the interpretations I feel The eye comes in, I feel moved, I feel excited, I feel confused. That's the the perception, that's where the eye begins. And then then the the response to that. See if we can come back from the response and linger feeling and perception where the eye begins. We can where the eye begins. It's feeling, and then I feel. Oh no, it's feeling. I no feeling. Being touched. And as soon as the eye sound comes in, you know, oh, I feel just feeling touched. Right there, open, sense those energies moving, open the whole body, diffuse, let the thing move. With the whole body, remember there's always the spinal sense and unmoving, like the openness is like a sail on a mast. The mast is the spine, the sail then receives all the winds, ripples and billows, but it doesn't leave the mast. So there's the openness, the openness is made safe by the rootedness, centering, mooring to the spinal axis, the body. So let's take some time for silent practice.
the birth of the whole sense is there a body open the, open the chitta you sure you have one what tells you about that how is that immediately discerned it's felt stay with that extend of all aspects that could come in when you bring up that word body directly and there's your entry point Those instances one feels confused, not knowing where to start, begin with your spine, begin with that seat on the ground, firmness there, spine, tracing it all the way up. Jitta has to be moored first of all. All the way up through the neck into the cranium running your awareness steadily up and down and spread out across the hips and down the legs at least the upper legs fitting in the foundation around the abdomen a piece at a time and work from the foundation, the most stable places the most grounded places the jitta acquires groundedness when there's groundedness there's also space 
we differentiate this is the ground this is solid, this is open around me is open no pressure this gives the citta the encouragement to sense it can open this space but it can be grounded as ground grounded, open Between those two polarities, there are many different textures, things that are relatively firm, fluid, warming, things moving very fast, vibrations, slow pulses. The overall impression is too tight, you incline towards the spacious. The overall impression is too murky, foggy, you incline towards the ground and Recognizing it takes time as you open this <laughs> amazing box, amazing place for energies to meet each other, discharge, find each other, connect, and settle. A lot of this will happen by itself. Just a little bit of mediating, the body will know itself and begin to 
level itself if you keep the openness ground in the space
incline the heart. Um, so we're not, uh, it's not just completely passive, it's receptive. This means we may even use the word how, how is this without bringing up a verbal answer. The very question how is this, not what is this but how is this, brings the heart closer to being touched. And is anything needed? What would be helpful now is Certainly verbal questions, but heart questions. Sense of curiosity, concern. Mm. So the heart tone, the tone of heart is attentive in a heart way. Like you're seeing a cat or a dog doing something and you wonder they need something or just enjoying themselves or want some food. You realize they can't speak, so you just listen heartfully. When you listen heartfully to these bodily impressions, energies, feeling.
Of course, if breathing comes into your range, that's a helpful steadying, soothing medium because it's uh, steadying without being hard, it's fluid, it's comforting, it's, um, it's pervasive, its energies pervade the entire bodily domain. Uh, so this, uh, if it's handled in the right way, this is an exceptionally um, skillful, fruitful uh, cultivation. If it comes into range, one should not strain or tighten the mind up to detect it. This does mean as we move out from the formal group session, you can have a reference point. Remember, you haven't left the forest yet. <laughs> it takes quite it's a big forest. It goes on for a lifetime. <laughs> 